Getting beers. I'm Jason. And I'm Gary. I just made a hell of a screech noise with my chair. Yeah, you did. I, th- I thought that was your butt, but... <laughs> yeah, well, might have been. So, uh, we're the Portland Tin Beers. We talk a little bit about soccer, beer, and pretty much whatever else we want to talk about. So, we are here on a field trip. We haven't had one of these in a little bit. No. Especially uh, full gear. Yeah, this is, a, this is a treat tonight. Yeah, so we are at room one... 22 here in Beaverton off of Murray Road. Um, I'm looking at the address here and it's uh, 14274 Southwest Allen Boulevard, tucked in kind of where the Safeway is. Um, all you kids that are uh, looking for a little midnight snack, the Taco Bell's right here. So <laughs> I spy Taco Bell. Um, and what attracted Gary and I to this place here really is. Um, their beer selection it's unbelievable and we were told about the beer selection here um, came and checked it out and we've been back several times now several times now so and uh, you were here last night right Gary yeah yeah definitely um, and I think one of the big draws for me is that when you look at their tap list it, it's not what you're gonna find when you go to every other tap house um, you see a different variety you see stuff that that you normally wouldn't see a lot of times. Um, and I think one that really, really stood out to me the last time you and I were here together. The Imperial Stout? That one kicked my <laughs> ass, but they they had a keg of Pliny the Elder. They did. Which, finding a keg of Pliny the Elder on tap anywhere, that's phenomenal. Absolutely. So, kudos for that. Thank you. Well, so uh, we are here with one of the owners, and I believe we have two of the owners here at Room 122. We do. And uh, hopefully we get to talk to both of them there, but I'll let uh, you guys kind of roll this out and kind of talk to each other there. Um, we've got some questions for you, but I wanted to start off with some uh, reviews. I went to the old Facebook page, which has glowing reviews of this place, um, and when you look at uh, room 122 here it's like if you like beer cider and great atmosphere then look no further this is the place or the next one great neighborhood tap room friendly staff fun events food trucks three to four days a week um, taps rotate fast because this is a popular place two great reviews and when you scroll through the 30 or 40 that are there it's like this every single time. There's no wonky, as I look at this game here, wonky reviews or anything like that. So, And as I talk about games, man, they got Dungeons and Dragons. They got video games. They got TVs all over this place. They do timbers. They do blazers. They do board games. They got it happening. It's kind of like a frat boy, sorority girl hangout place. With less bro dude, right? So, <laughs> so with that, let's uh, have you introduce yourself to the listeners, and uh, we'll roll forward some questions for you, man. All right. Hi, my name is Andrew Brooks. I'm one of the owners of Room 122, and please stop in anytime. Yeah. So, Andrew, let's talk a little bit about um, how you got in the business. So, how you and your partners decided, hey, got this great idea. We're going to serve beer and open a growler place. Um, well, it all, like, just how we got to, how we got to being open, um, yeah. used to be in the beer industry, like, just as far as, like, being a drinker. I wasn't anything more than that. I'd just go to places like Bailey's or breweries or beer events and just kind of, you know, pick around, try beers, and really Bailey's, you know, t- 
eight eight to ten years ago was really the only spot and I just kind of established that as like my home home bar and would just go there every week and talk to people and really figure out where to go around town to check out new brewery spots and while I was there I was working at Nike and I worked at Nike for eight years and started off as a custodian and worked my way up to uh, working in the archives and uh, still wanted to do footwear and uh, but just kind of got pigeonholed in a job where I couldn't really advance so I left, and during my year of no compete, I went to work at Capital One Call Center uh, in fraud detection. And after my year of non-compete was up, they decided to move everyone out to Virginia, and I didn't want to move out to Virginia, so they gave me a severance <laughs> package. <clears throat> and then while that was going on, I was at a beer fest, and I was just like, I'm tired of telling people how much I'm worth. Like, uh, they, they moved me, you know, they uh, sent me out to Virginia to teach people how to do my job for $3 less an hour. <laughs> I was like, I'm not really about that, so right. why not just do things on my own? And it was just kind of a discussion I was having with some friends, like, well, what would you do? And I said, well, I drink beer a lot, so I'm, you know, I'm either working to make money to brew beer or <laughs> drink beer, so why not just go into a tap room because there's a little less liability involved? And uh, I pretty much just shelled out all my 401k and my stocks and got me about halfway there, and I uh, was talking to... Um, my parents and trying to get some loans and they didn't want me to take out a huge loan so I was like trying to figure out what to do so uh, I sent uh, two Facebook messages to my friends back in college and got no responses and they were financial investors I got the nice little read message <laughs> but we're not we're not going to respond to you you're, you're not cool enough for this so and I knew Dennis was um, my other my business partner he was having some um he was out in Macau and he wasn't having the best of times, so I reached out to him. I said, like, hey, man, I'm thinking about doing this. And I don't know what his side of the story is, but basically, like, he thought it was a great idea. He wanted a business plan and he talked to his dad. And I sent him my business plan and he passed it along to his dad. And we all kind of agreed it was a great idea. And within, like, four months, we were ready to start looking for a location. That's a quick turnaround, yeah. four months. Absolutely. So what was the biggest challenge you faced open air growler shop, right? So we're in the world where um, every couple miles or so there's a growler shop opening up or Safeway serving growlers or, I mean, all sorts of people have taps now. Yeah. Um, and so what is the biggest struggle you've faced opening this place? Uh, that's That was honestly the biggest thing was finding a location that feasibly could work and uh, feasibly could work and was in a spot where you're not just in an oversaturated market. Like you go downtown, or you go over on the east side, and it just seems like every um, every block there's a tap room. Right. And if you're if you're out in Beaverton now, you're starting to see tap rooms kind of pop up on that level where it's like every four, you know, every one or two miles, there's now a tap room popping up. Right. And so it was really just trying to find a spot where you where we couldn't really be impacted by anyone opening up. And we can still be a part of the beer community. And there's this is kind of a central location near where I grew up. And I was just kind of walking around here one night after just hitting some dive bars. And I was just like, this seems like a good spot. I'm not really a fan of, like, the frontage to the road. But it's a good central location where people can walk, people can come to. And uh, it really worked out. And, I mean, we've got a good um, established local crowd that managed to find us. So it seemed to have worked out. Yeah, each time we've been in, it's uh, very noticeable uh, that there's a local crowd a, a, the yeah, same very people coming in, oh, yeah. good atmosphere, um, and usually, again, 
half dozen at the very least people when we walk in. So, so one of the questions I've got with the location is, is you look around when you drive out of here, and there's apartments all over the place. How much of a draw do you have from those apartments, or is it more just word-of-mouth kind of people that come in? It's more word of mouth. Like, we don't really do much advertising other than, like, Facebook or Instagram. And just, like, we don't feel any need to, like, do flyers or anything, like, in the in the paying for social media in, like, the newspaper or the radio or anything. Just because right. it's, uh, beer seems such, like, a non-advertised thing unless you're doing a beer fest or something. Right. Um, but as far as the community goes, we have a pretty good mixture of people over in the houses, down in the Four Seasons area, and also in the apartments. It's really eclectic, really well-balanced. And uh, it gives them a place that they can walk to and call kind of this local bar because we really opened it with the aspect of kind of being kind of being somewhere in between a sports bar meets like a Starbucks. You can come in in the middle of the day, do your workload, and then just chill, have a beer, watch the game, or come in later have, when we have a takeover or you know some sort of event, some sort of party, and just hang out and have a good time and meet with friends meet new people and one of the cool things about our uh, community of locals is they're very inclusive and opening and they're like even if Dennis or I or someone working behind the bar isn't opening up to someone at the bar because we're busy doing something a lot of our regulars are very open to start talking and create that kind of dynamic where they create a relationship and a welcomeness got it okay so what is the difference between a bar and a growler place establishment I mean is there a licensing difference yeah, like, uh, so AG that's up uh, around the corner, they have hard liquor. So that, that's basically the difference, and it's a different licensing. Um, tap rooms kind of fall in line underneath, like, uh, wine tasting rooms. That's why there's, like, differences in, like, the kind of food you have to serve, um, what you have, like, the um, what you can carry. Like, we can carry things that can be brewed, but we can't carry hard liquor right now. So did I, I heard you mention earlier when you were talking about how you came up with the idea for the business that you were also brewing beer. Yep. So you're also a home brewer, I yes. take it. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've home brewed just because this takes up so much time now. But yeah, I used to home brew. So the question I've got with that is, would you be able to brew a beer and then come in here and serve it? To the public, um, I would have, have to, li- to clear. I that? would have to license and clear it. But that, uh, I mean, we still collab. We've collabed with Coalition, rest in peace. Oh, wow. um, we've collabed with uh, Three Mugs. We've collabed with West Coast Grocery. So um, we've collabed with a couple of breweries that, and then we're we're planning on continuing that moving forward, and just <clears throat> trying to work with local breweries as well as if we can make it out to places where, like, we if we could bring in something from like a brewery in Montana where we went to college, if we could get a collab, that'd be cool. But, like, you're really just trying to build that community with breweries out there because it makes it a lot easier, A, to get things that are harder to get. Um, it builds the relationship so you so they know they can reach out to you saying, like, hey, we got this beer. We, you know, we're trying to get people to put it on. And being that, being that backbone for them saying, like, absolutely, we got your back just like you have our back. Right. And it builds that community and that relationship that really helps um, – it helps us and it helps them drive their business and it helps us because um, we bring in things that are quality that that our community wants and and they want to see and it helps us um, you know if Dan for instance says like hey you need to bring this in there's Dan waving (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll reach out to that brewery and try to bring something in just so 
because um, I look at the beer industry not as a business so much as more of a community. Okay. I mean, you're just trying to trying to make it work so everyone's happy. And, and I mean, because if you make everyone happy, then everyone is, everyone is successful. Right. Right. Well, you said two magic words there. A couple segues. One was Montana. Where'd you guys go to school in Montana? Uh, we went to Rocky Mountain College in Billings, Montana. And that's uh, what this tap room's named after. It's named after oh. our, our dorm room in college. Okay. Nice. And the, so Gary's looking at moving to Bozeman here. I am. Bozeman's yeah. beautiful. It I, is gorgeous. I recommend but the, it. Yeah, I skied there. Uh, Cost of living's going through the roof, though. But Yeah, it's true. <laughs> opening a place like this would be near impossible in Bozeman. Yeah. I mean, the beer regulation, I covered this uh, after the trip last year, mm-hmm. is that, I mean, really the bars and the taverns control everything. Yeah. And the tap rooms and even the breweries have a hard time even existing. Yeah, and so Montana's trying to retroactively fix that. They're allowing for tap rooms, um, and they're offering limited licenses to those and breweries. Um, but yeah, as far as liquor licenses go in Montana, they're based on uh, auctioned. Uh, they're auctioned yeah. off, and they're. I think they open up five new ones every year. And when we're talking auctioned off, they go for over a million dollars right. a piece. One, but once you have one, you have one. Like you could, I could open up a brewery or a bar in Bozeman, and then I could move that bar all the way to Billings, Montana, and all I have to do is have my license. Yeah, it's a Supreme Court type that <coughs> okay. deal. Yeah, so that license guy. goes with you wherever that, yep. you go. Yeah. yeah, you could sell your bar and, and you could keep your license, and that's what was making it so hard when we were in college for places like Buffalo Wild Wings to come in. Mm. So when Buffalo Wild Wings first came in, this is like 2002. Um, they weren't able to serve hard liquor. They had to. They had to wait until they could get auction for a license. Holy crazy! I remember I was talking to the brewer over at Map, mm-hmm. and uh, he was talking about how big of a pain in the neck it was, it is. and just the constant lobbying that's going on to try to change the rules. Yeah, and I, so. I get it because I feel like Montana wants to grow, but I feel like the government, the government of Montana, is like. Well, we have to be fair to the people that have already paid this money to right. licensing. So they're trying to ease it in and help these people that have already like paid their millions of dollars and try to help them feel like they're not getting the shaft. Right. No, that's totally totally a different ball there. Yeah. So the other segue that you had was beer selection. And so you talk about um, selecting beers that kind of make everybody happy, which is darn near impossible. It's true. Um, And and really, again, I prefaced it in the show and last time that we talked about the beer selection that's here is unlike anything I've really seen in the Portland metro area. You're hand-selecting things that are different. And we've talked about it on the podcast is that really somebody needs to come into the market um, before we ran into Room 122, but that is doing something different than everybody else. Because I can go to Fred Meyer's and get a growler of the same stuff that's being served a mile down the road at the specialty growler shop. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a large portion of that's being pushed by the distributors. They have kegs to move and certain things they've got to do. How do you go about selecting the beers that you bring on? Um, usually instead of, I mean, we work really closely with the distributors, so I'm not trying to downplay right, our, absolutely. our connection with them. But instead of working with them directly, I make a point to reach out to the breweries directly, to my reps. Or if I don't have a rep, I'll go into the brewery and ask, who do I need to talk to? So you've got a bunch of Three Magnet stuff on, right? Yep, and right Three Magnet stuff is not really seen um, around the Portland metro area. I mean, you'll see certain things pop up here or there. 
Um, by the way, that's a Seattle Sounders specialty brewery place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they tried to get us to do a podcast when they were going to the championship <laughs> party. I was like, are Not you guys freaking crazy? Yeah. <laughs> do you see the name? Yeah, Deuce Juice was one of the beers they had. I'm like, that's exactly a, what it was. It was their Deuce Juice. Who that names they were, a beer they were Deuce Juice? Like, yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> that's wrong on about ten different levels. But So... So what's the craziest beer that you've ever had on? What's the most rare beer? What are you most proud of yeah, on that? The most yeah. rare beer. That's a good question. I mean, you got plenty, right? And so yeah, I mean, plenty's a rare one. Plenty's to bring tough, in. Um, but it's not probably the gold standard. I'm thinking. No, I mean, and now anything you could say anything with CBD is like it will be like <laughs> one of those like you you were around when you could. Right. Um, I'll have to think about that. Think about that. To... We'll come back to it. So. What sells the best for you? I mean, what what's the thing that you're moving nonstop? So there's a lot of bars that talk about PBR and some of that stuff just sells really well. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, a lot of guys are like, man, I can have all the IPAs in the world on, and yeah. PBR just outsells it every day of the week. Yeah. Is that the same story for you? No. Uh, it depends on, depends on the day and who you're talking to. Like, tomorrow we'll do video game night, Street Fighter night, and... Uh, like eight to twenty people come in and play Street Fighter on their PS4s. So they'll bring in their own systems, and Rainier will outsell everything we have. Really? Um, yeah. And then there are other days where it's like everyone wants a good IPA. Ambers and uh, Red Red seem to do really well. We just have a everyone that comes in is kind of pretty like uh, eclectic on what they drink. Um, Every time so, I come in, I'm asking for a Imperial Bourbon Barrel Stout. Yeah, <laughs> you got those. You got like three of those, three of those right now. If it's not nine percent, it's not worth my time. Baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jubilee does really well. Yeah. <laughs> Red Chair does really well. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, we have we have eleven ciders on tap, and you ciders do. seem to move really well for us. Um, so well that uh, we added the last six taps of cider the, uh, last year. Yeah, I mean, you got a bunch of cider there. So have you jumped into the seltzer world? A little bit here and there. I mean, we have White Claw. I mean. <laughs> He says it with grinning and like, I, I mean, got white claw. Well, I mean, I'm also drinking a hard coffee PB. You are. Yeah. And I saw this last time I was here. Somebody yeah. was grabbing a couple of those to go. Yeah. they taste. It tastes like chocolate milk or one of those like uh, Starbucks coffee shots. <laughs> and it's good. It's tasty and it keeps me going. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not a beer. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, uh, yeah, but it's a little bit of everything, like sours. I'm actually surprised how well sours have been doing in the right. middle of uh, the weather right now. Um, it seemed like up until last year, it was more like pretty on a clock. Like once fall was rolling over into winter, like you could like write sours off until next year. Mm-hmm. And now it's being more, like dark beers are still in need, but sours are also, I mean, I'm going through a fair number of sours right now. So. Huh. Interesting. So that is that is interesting. And what's funny about that is we've kind of seen a pickup in sours just as a beer style over, I would say, over the last year and a half. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was kind of this obscure beer style for a while, and then people started doing more and more of it. And you could go to some of these obscure breweries and get a really good sour. And then it started making its way further and further out in the field, as I like to call it. And now people are picking up on it, and, yeah. and it seems like they're really liking it. Well, and I think it bridges the gap from ciders over to beer. 
Like, it was one of those, like, you'd see a lot of people that weren't really into beers were drinking more sours. And I think that's, and a lot of those people in also drink ciders. And I think it was just one of those things where if there's not a cider I want, maybe there's a sour that's kind of in that wheelhouse that can fit my need. And right. then it just kind of became its own thing. So it, it was a gateway beer. Yeah. <laughs> we all we all have one. Mine, well, mine yeah. was Widmer Hef. It is. <laughs> Portland, I mean, is really from a beer-drinking city, right? Yep. Um, it's really kind of mature, right? So, I mean, West Coast IPA was founded here, and and it kind of grew up, and then Hazy came out of the Northeast, and I feel like the sour beer thing just caught on to Portland as the next thing after that Hazy, right? So you had these juice bombs, and about that same time, Cascade was really doing their thing and was coming on. And now it's kind of this other Portland-type thing, the sour beer thing. And it just it's amazing how much has caught on in the metro area and then really spread out from there. Because so, it has spread out throughout the country. Um, and it's more than Saison and all that stuff. It's really these really crazy lacto-type beers. And, yeah. Um, but again, I, Portland's kind of weird that way, hence the name. So. Yes. Um, so what is your favorite style of beer? Um, it, it's always rotating. I mean, I can always go for a good, easy-drinking IPA or a triple. Um, right now, I'm really digging lagers. I just want something that's a little bit more easy-drinking. These guys are judging you here. I know they are. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. But um, I really like triple IPAs. I, I'm one of those, I, I either want to go big with with my booze or I want to like, just keep it. Tone it down. Tone it down and have it. Attaboy. <laughs> yeah. But I, I really dig triples. Triple IPAs are kind of my thing. I also like, um, I mean, I like the stouts, but it, to me, it's like really, I've only got fall and winter where I really fall on that. All right. So, so that's from a drinking standpoint. What do you like to brew the best? Oh, uh, brew. Because that's a total different ballgame, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I usually just go for, I'm trying to think of the last thing. <laughs> Probably a red. I like reds. I like brewing reds. Yeah. I feel like you get a little more flavor and you have a little more control in the complexity of it. And the maltiness come, really comes out. Cool. You can yeah. toy with that. Yeah. So what's going on in the brewing scene? So we see a ton of contracture here in the uh, Portland market. Um, oh, yeah. And we're seeing it kind of spread across the country as, again, some of the bigs are selling out. I mean, Dogfish's merger with Sam Adams is yeah. evident something's going on on the East Coast. Yeah, definitely. Um, and certain Colorado's seen its thing. What's going on in the brew scene? What do you think's, what, what do you think's happening? Um, I think people are just wanting to be, instead of having the, I mean, because you could say, what was six years ago, any, any brewery that opened up, you threw a beer out and, People buy it up and it will sell. It wouldn't matter. Right. I right. feel like it's just a it. One a it's a cleanup in the market. You're finding people there like being very. You can be very picky in what you drink because they're the options are there. It's not like, well, I'm the first person to do this, so this is the only time you'll ever try it. It's like no, I can try five of these IPAs or triple IPAs or sours or whatever, and I can find the best one. So I think it's a cleanup of the market. I think also when you're seeing all these, ta- um, you're seeing tap rooms pop up and breweries die down. I think you're also seeing people that don't necessarily want one of something. They want to go to somewhere where they can try a variety of breweries. And not right. necessarily styles, but a variety of breweries. Right, just different stuff, right? And there's a hundred different versions of West Coast IPA or 
hazy IPA or whatever you call it. And and maybe I want to go to a place and try all the different styles or all the different breweries yeah. side by side. Hence the little uh, what sampler platters, right? You guys do the sampler platter? We do flights. You yep. do flights? Yep. <laughs> sampler platter. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's a little sampler platter. So- it's like the seafood of beer. It is. So what about growler shops? So have you seen contracture within that? So eventually it's going to be too much. As, like there's going to be too many. I think we're heading to a point where there will be too many. Right now, I think, um, right now you're not seeing that. You're seeing a lot of growth, I think, in the last, just in the last uh, four months. I've heard of seven or eight just in the wow. Hillsborough, Beaverton area opening up. That's a lot. And yeah. there's rumor that the old Beaches restaurant down there, Murray and Shoals Ferry, is going to be this... 122 tap place that sits on the lake. Yeah. Right? And I'm I've like, heard that. Yeah, I'm like, how does the market support that when you've got the growlery, you've got you, you've got other places that, all you've over? Got, uh, there's a tap room that's going to be opening up in uh, the shopping center that's just um, right, the Safeway shopping center. Oh, right there. right there. Yeah, right there in that Murray Herald yeah, shopping uh, center. What is it? Yeah. I think it's called White Oak. Yeah, so that might be the tipping point for the area as far as geography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You I mean, guys, I think, are isolated from that. You draw a different crowd. We're a little bit. Like, our closest tap room is to us is um, Raindrop Tap Room. They're a mile and a half. Mark's a really good guy. Oh. He only does beers that are uh, Oregon-based. Uh, really good huh. dude. Um, good beer selection. And But, yeah, I mean, 1.4 miles is about as close as you can get to us because White Oak is three miles. But that is also one of the reasons why we chose this location is we didn't want someone that could open up right next door. Right. right. And it's right. not to say that, like, it couldn't support it. I mean, the market definitely can, but I feel like that's just kind of, it makes it a lot harder for everyone to succeed. Right. Totally. Well, and eventually people do shop around looking for different yeah. stuff, which leads into how do you stay relevant? You talked a little bit about trying to please everybody. Um, you've got the sports things going on. You're doing events, but what is what is the key to staying relevant in this marketplace where there's competition? Um, I don't know what other people are doing, but we're definitely just we're doing it for the community. Okay. Uh, we want it to be local for local. I mean, we like I grew up out here, and uh, what I love most and what I think what I think is successful is when I see people come in regularly that are living like next door, that or the people that moved away but still come in because they feel a part of the community. I don't. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, yeah, I appreciate what you guys say about my tap selection, but reality is, like, you can go, you can go to eight other tap rooms, and there'll be beer on there. There will be beer, right? Right. So, um, I mean, yeah, you you want to have a strong list, and I do the best I can to that. But really, it's just catering to the needs of your community and making sure that they're happy. Um, I always tell people that when I opened up the, you know, I opened up this tap room with what I expected it to be, but I was very open to what they wanted it to be, and I tried to manipulate it the best I can to the tap room that they wanted to see and they wanted to show up to. Well, I mean, well done. We love the we love the feel, we love the vibe, and how friendly everybody is. The beer selection, like we've said, is fantastic. Yeah. The only way it's better is if it was Abyss 1 through 20-something. No. Right. Um, well, I've got yeah. a couple of those shelved in the back. Yeah, yeah I'm waiting. I'll be in every day till the <laughs> kegs are gone. You can just leave them there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gary, what else you got, buddy? So we've, we've got Dennis in now, who is okay, another right. piece of this equation. Uh, from what I'm understanding on, on the way this is built, there's four people involved in the partnership. Um, you two seem to be more of the active main ones. Is that correct? Yes. 
So, Dennis, how he explained a little bit how you got into it, but we want to hear your side of how you got into this. Okay. Um, so, 2015, I was working in Hong Kong doing sales and marketing for a fruit and wholesale uh, vegetable company. And hey, Dennis, I want you to make love to the microphone. Okay, there you go. Get close, very close. (laughs) Is this good? That's perfect. That is perfect. That right Um, there is good. So I was in Hong Kong, and you know, I'd been there for around I think six or seven months at the time. Okay. And then, and in me, spoke spoke on the phone now and then just to catch up with each other and see how both uh, each of us were doing. And then one day he called me. And he uh, proposed this idea. He had the business plan already pretty much done. And he asked me what I thought and if possibly I'd be interested. And instantly I was like, yeah, this is something that uh, I'd actually be very interested in doing. Right. But I also needed to consult my dad so I could he could help with the capital to get this started. And my dad was like, if you think, you know, you and Andy think this is a business that we could really be successful in then it's like um, I'll back both of you just let me know if you're 100% we can go ahead and start and begin so I was like yeah from there I just called Andy back and I told him let's do it pretty awesome. much awesome so another question I've got knowing that small businesses take a ton of time how do you guys balance that time between the two of you um, so usually we have a schedule. We have one day we work together, um, and on those other days when it's just myself or Andy by himself, uh, we let each other know what kegs kick. Like we have a little routine, what kegs kick, and then um, if one of us can change the keg by ourselves, we do it. But if we can, we just let the other know that hey, could you please come in? Um, even if it's our days off, we'll come in and help each other change the keg. So gotcha. that's the main thing. That's the most important thing. Uh, uh, thing I feel everything else is pretty uh, self-explanatory, like sweeping and mopping and making sure. Like if one of us forgets something, we're like, oh, you, by the way, you forgot. No big deal. But you know, let's try and keep that consistent. If you're drinking one thing on your menu right now and not the White Claw, what are you drinking? <laughs> you drinking? Uh, I probably, there's two I really like. Um, number 22, the Coffee Tompkins, the Imperial Stout. Hey! And then the But Different IPA by Three Magnets. Those yeah. are my two favorite right now. Did you know Three Magnets has a beer called Deuce Juice? <laughs> I heard that before. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I wouldn't say it's I wouldn't awesome. say it's awesome. <laughs> well, well, what's not awesome? It, is it, was a, it was a great concept, but who well, names a beer douche juice? The only thing that's really put me off is the talk of, uh, I, thought, I don't know what brewery it is that's going using the yeast from Rogue. someone's vagina oh, oh, my God, to yeah. make a beer. Rogue yeah. did the beard beer. Yeah, they did the beard beer. And you know, there's, uh, there's one out in Iceland that used whales burn. Oh, there you go. Wow. There's one in, um, there's one, I, I think it's in Hawaii that used the yeast off the back of a turtle shell. Yep. See? I, I could see that one, one right? Because you could, you could do conservatism with that or conservation issues or whatever. But Right. But when you start talking about pulling yeast from 
They genital do you. regions. The bearded yeah. clam area? Yeah, no. That's, that's probably not a great idea. What, isn't it Gwyneth Paltrow or something has a uh, scented candle now that smells like her vagina? <laughs> oh my wow. God. It's, seriously, there's something like that. I don't know. It's crazy. People are out of control. I'm I can't believe we just went there. <laughs> I'm just telling you. It's, yeah. it's a thing. Right. We were on the topic. I was there. So. It's your story. What's moving and what's not? Uh, lighter beers are moving. Uh, more easy drinkers. Um, and then, yeah, just more sessionable IPAs. Uh, we have an uh, IPL, an India Pale Lager that's moving really well. We have a dark lager. Like, people just want beers that still have the complexity of a big beer, but not quite the ABV anymore. Like, I mean... Big beers still have their place, but I really see a market moving towards uh, lower ABB. That, that was going to be the, the question that I had next, is, is we're kind of seeing a shift away from that winter-heavy dark beer drinker to more of the, the lighter type of beers, which you wouldn't expect, but here it is. People, people are like, I don't want that big, heavy, heavy beer anymore. Yeah, I think a lot of people have expressed too, like when I sort of recommend the dark, the darker beers like the Imperials too, which are amazing, a lot of them, uh, their concern is like, oh, great flavors, but overwhelming. That's what I get here a lot too. Like, so now when they're saying overwhelming, are they saying overwhelming in the flavor department or are they saying overwhelming it knocks their ass off the chair no, when they drink that, one? That's another thing. That's, a, that's, one, that's, one, that's one point to focus on. But the main thing is, yes, overwhelming of the flavors because they're like, it's got, they have great combination of flavors like vanilla and like I tried uh, uh, Epic's Big. Baptist, uh, oh, the Big Baptiste, the Big, the big Baptiste, yeah. uh, the peanut butter cup, right? And uh, that was for me that was very balanced. But I, I can see from trying other darker beers where customers are coming from because yeah, there's a lot of great beers like darker winter beers, but the flavor complexity can be too much sometimes. It's very sweet or very you know just too much going on for them, right? And having one pint seems enough for them and they, it's not something they can have multiples of so. exactly yeah i can see that why that transition might be occurring and, and when you're running a tap house you want people drinking multiple beers exactly you don't want to come in for just one and then going up oh, i've had it i'm done i'm going home exactly you want them to be able to go across you know the spectrum too and so right yeah so i usually would recommend some of those darker beers which are higher in abv for their last beer that's before, it. It's before they're done. White claw for me from here on out so I can stay all night. <laughs> hey, I, I hear there are no laws. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Well, thank you. These guys look thirsty at the bar. That guy actually is just nursing his beer. Like <laughs> he keeps filming us, and yeah. it's weird. It's kind of weird, but... <laughs> Turbo. I don't know what it is. So, All right. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, check out Room 122. It kicks ass. Definitely. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, we're back. There you have it. Interview with Room 122's ownership. Nice work, buddy. Arranging that interview and getting it set up. Uh, it was relatively easy to do. Uh, these guys are great. You know, I just came in uh, last night and talked to, uh, talked to him, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and it was his day off. So it, I, I really want to thank him for coming in on his day off and uh, and, and doing this uh, interview with us. So. Yeah, Andy and Dennis, 
doing uh, doing us a favor. Appreciate that was it. great. So interesting look into the uh, beer growler business, right? So we talked about this as one of the planning things for this year was that we want to really kind of go behind the scenes at the growler shops and then also the uh, homebrew shops. And so we're going to kind of go back and forth with this throughout the year and include interviews that really focus on homebrewing shops and growler shops. Um, which is a perfect segue for what's going to happen, we believe, in the next week or two. Um, the guys over at Genus Brewing, we've been following a YouTube <laughs> video series for about a year and a half, maybe two years. Yeah. And these two crazy bastards like are off the hook. These They're, guys are hilarious. They own a uh, homebrew shop up in Spokane and um, are like... Brew crazy dudes that now are brewing big time. Big time. Um, just opened to their own brewery. Yes. And uh, have done several collabs with other people. But check out Genus Brewing on YouTube because they are nuts. So they've agreed to come on and be interviewed on the podcast, um, which should be absolutely hilarious. It'll I- be hilarious. Um, it, it's probably a good thing that that first connection isn't face to face oh it would be a train wreck because yeah it would be it would be a massive train wreck this sets up for a perfect road trip for uh, us going up to spokane it kind of does i i think we might be able to learn a lot from them on um the the youtube kind of stuff yeah absolutely and uh of course we can scheme out spokane silver and schweitzer and all that stuff so we hook it up in the winter um, I do have to make it home to come do a job. Well, sure. So I can't spend a week or well, two weeks or three weeks. And, and who knows? I probably can't either now. So You can't, but I'm just saying we can't get too hammered with these guys. <laughs> so, again, as you said, probably the best thing is uh, just we'll keep it by phone. But well, Yeah, we got to preface it with just... Phone contacts to begin with. Irregardless, they've agreed on. So we're going to hook up times with those guys, and uh, let's see what happens. But in the meantime, follow them. Take a look at their uh, podcast, you homebrewers out there or beer lovers, Hmm. and learn a lot. And uh, look for the interview coming up on a future podcast episode here. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what else is going on, buddy? So I was uh, spent the weekend in the snow up at Mount Hood camping with some kids snow that's kind of graciously calling it snow well there was snow i was post holing (laughs) in it but uh (laughs) and then it rained like five inches so yeah i slept in a hammock by the way uh over the snow interesting yeah and uh, i got really wet yeah 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 i even had a rain fly on the hammock i said it was so bad that coming through my rain fly where the uh cable was running that uh, I took a plastic sheet, like sheet blanket, yeah, and put it over me in the hammock. Just like, to try and keep you dry? Yeah, it didn't work. It just ran into the freaking hammock. <laughs> Puddled up on you? Yeah, 4.30 in the morning, I'm like, what am I doing? This is bad. <laughs> you sure you just didn't piss yourself? But I came up with an idea, dude. Uh-oh. You know how brew dogs, like, brews really, really crazy beer in different <laughs> oh, places? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we need to do this for our uh, podcast slash YouTube channel. <laughs> yes. I, we don't have to brew like, like they did, like a keg. But I think we need to brew like two gallons or some small batch, uh, but in like crazy locations. Well, um, if, if you can figure out how to do that with a 120-volt system, 
We can just load my crap in and you'll do it. I don't think we're going to do that. Like, if we go to where I was at, Trillium Lake, and we're in the <laughs> yeah, middle of the lake. that's not going to happen, dude. Yeah, yes, it is. Now it isn't. Why? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? No, we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to okay. do it on the side of a ski hill. Yeah. And we're going to do it all sorts of places. Okay. Okay. I'm going to get it going. This is your story. You've you agreed get, to it. You get to. Well, I didn't agree. <laughs> I just said okay. What's the opposite of no? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to do this. I know we are. This is for the better state of our podcast. Okay, sure. Yeah, there you go. See, you said okay. Yeah, we're we're going to do it on a sand dune. That's fine. That's and then we're going to ski down to the bottom. Yeah. See, see you see where this is going. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to go yeah. to Trillium Lake, stay in the snow, and brew the wort over a campfire. It's going to be a rauk beer. And we're going to use sand wax as an ingredient. I, we can brew whatever you want, <laughs> as long as you're on for the show. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that was that idea. So, uh, what else? We got Kobe Bryant died today. <sighs> yeah. Were you a big basketball guy? That was you, know, you know, I'm not. Um, it, it, it's sad that we've lost Kobe Bryant. Um, I think that the bigger, more sad issue in this is that there were eight other people on board of that helicopter one being his 13 year old daughter right so you just lost a young life there and now you've got his wife raising three other daughters um yeah i think that's the whole situation is terrible so yeah it's just bad all the way across the board not a big, huge Kobe Bryant guy because it's a Blazers guy and all that, but you hate to see that happen to yeah, somebody that's, that's uh, his status. So It's crazy. And uh, so, yeah, and the Grammy Awards are going on right now. You a big Grammy Awards guy? No. They uh, kind of yeah. rebounded. It's actually in the Staples Center where Kobe played. So literally the Grammys are today, and they had to reshift and like do all this tribute stuff for the Grammys, right? Which is pretty amazing to watch them twist on a dime like that. So, hmm, yeah, because it happened what 10 a.m. Well, yeah, but here's here's one of the issues I kind of have with that. Yeah, is every year they forget artists, like Rembrandt. No. Oh. Like music artists? Well, yeah. You know how they always do their in memor- memoriams, yeah, right? Yeah. And every year, inevitably, they always leave like two or three people out, big names that have passed away that they forget to mention. Michael Jackson. <laughs> Prince. See? Just saying. <laughs> and, and then they they turn on a dime for something like that. Yeah, well, they did. They turned on a dime. Not, not to take anything away from Kobe, but I mean... Yeah. Well, you know who a big Kobe guy was? Hmm. Rich Kaiser. Hmm. Kobe. That's what he's always. Yeah, that was Kaiser. his guy. Kaiser Sese. Yep. So, all right, buddy. Well, what else is going on? How's the beer going? Beer's good. Good? Um, you bought a microstone, I hear. I did. Did um, it make it in the mail? It made it in the mail, and I'll be putting it in keg tomorrow. Putting it in keg tomorrow. Cool.
Yeah, and then it'll be carbonated from there. Well, that, that is if I do it right, right? You'll do it right. You're Mr. Uh, Mr. Rule Guy, remember? Yeah, but sometimes I even like to break the rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, bitchin'. Yeah. I haven't brewed anything. I was camping on the snow. Did we talk about that? <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> and it went on this whole tirade of us having to brew beer in weird places. That's not a tirade, dude. We're going to be the new brew dogs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to have a fake Scottish accent. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to try to brew from the bottom of the Willamette River. Ooh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Why? Are you going to use... Uh, we already talked about vaginal beer or whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. See? But if we're going to brew from the bottom of the river, that means we have to get scuba certified. No, we don't. <laughs> we're going to be in a diving bell. <laughs> oh, shit. How do you get the fire lit? you got to be in a diving bell. That's a good question. But then the fire uses all the oxygen. So yeah, that might be so you're going to have to pump down oxygen just to keep the fire going. But oxygen's flammable. Yeah, pretty much. We're going to blow that bell clean out of the water. <laughs> Sky rockets at night. Deep, deep. Uh, so we went from brewing on the bottom of the river yeah. to brewing in the trees. That's right. It's going to be way better than brew yeah. dogs because we've got multi-brewing. we got badass transitions. We need a real old guy that's a good engineer, though. Yeah, we got to get one of those guys. You know who I'm thinking? Uh-oh. Adam. Adam? Adam's handy. Yeah, but he's not old. Yeah, but he doesn't have to be. He's just handy. That's a good point. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, th- I think we could get Adam as our our goofy engineer, figure out all our zany, crappy, whacked-out ideas on how to brew. It might be good. Yeah. So, might be good. Going from the duck blind? I uh, drove by Mount Hood Brewing. Yeah? Yeah, and as you said last week, it's under construction. Yep. Yep. That's all I got to say about that. They're doing some kind of expansion. I don't know what they're doing, but... I don't either. You can hear the uh, crowd. This place is getting crazy. It's getting hopping. It it went from just us and the uh, owners and some some diehard people that uh, love to come over. Uh, to a lot more people. Yeah, absolutely. So That's good to see, though. People's taking snapshots of it uh, of us. I mean, I feel like I'm famous, dude. Are you feeling Kobe Bryantish? I wasn't going there. <laughs> no, I'm not. But I did. I'm drinking a 10.2 beer. I was going to say, because you're drinking a barley wine. Yep. I'm doing it. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Well, what else you got going? What's new? Let's see. What's new? You been skiing this week? No. It's been raining. Yeah. <laughs> As you brought up earlier. You can go water skiing. Been, well, you could. <laughs> uh, you'd need a different wax. I took my uh, wife's need, skis over to Riders and Sliders. You need wider, did you get water wax put on them? Nope. <laughs> I got her brakes fixed. Did it work? Well, so I took them over to them and I explained what was going on. Yeah. You looked at the skis. Didn't you put eyeballs on them? No. You oh, guys didn't let me. Oh, yeah. Well, so it was very obvious once he pointed it out, the brakes were actually bent. Yeah, so you just had to bend them back out. Yeah, so he, I believe, bent them all back out. And, yeah. Um, so, but whatever. You know what I think is causing that? What? So when you wax and you put on those rubber bands, yeah, it's slowly pulling that brake in. You think so? I think so. I think you're using a, a, a super strong band, and it slowly bends them in. 
That's that's my thought. It didn't look like that. I mean, it looked like. I mean, did she hit a rock? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I just don't you know. Might how. be right because both of them were slightly bent. Yeah. So, um, but I'm using like weak cheap bands, like the little uh, jelly bracelet bands that break more often than anything. Yeah, but I think over time, eventually, they could just slowly bend those in. You know what I'm gonna do? Hmm. Not, not use bands. Put a spacer in. And then I'm going to go wax on, wax off. <laughs> I'm going to do it Miyagi style. Your wife's not going to appreciate you waxing off her skis. <laughs> no, she will. <laughs> I can do no wrong. I buy $200 microphones. Hey, whoa, time out. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> okay. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> she thinks we're idiots. She thinks we're ass clowns. <laughs> Ah, all right. Well, so you got what's coming up on the next episode. Um, Gary's Brew Status. We're here at Room 122. Again, check it out here off of Allen. Uh, fantastic beer selection. Two awesome guys here that own the place. Yes. Uh, Andy and Dennis here. And they'll treat you right. Again, it's at 14274 Southwest Allen Boulevard here in Beaverton. Uh, check out the reviews on Facebook. They don't have a web page, but they've got a Facebook page and Yelp reviews and all that good stuff, and you will not find a bad review. This place kicks no, ass. No, you will not. Um, it, uh, it's amazing. Fantastic beers. Uh, Speaking pop- of which, what are you drinking? Me? Yeah. I don't know. Sure you do. No, I have no idea. <laughs> it's 22. It's whatever that guy, uh, Dennis, recommended that I Yeah, drink. that's a... Um, it's an Imperial Bourbon Rail Stout. Coffee. It's a Tommy, Tommy Coffee Imperial Ale. I don't think mine was. I thought yours was. No, that's what yours is. Mine, mine is some weird. I can't even pronounce it. If if, but if you go to their beer tap list that is online, it's number one. This is a shitty like segment of like, hey, what are you drinking? I don't know. It's I, 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 I'm shit can. I, I can tell you. So check out our Untapped. How about that, kids? And uh, yeah. you'll see what we're drinking. So. But ten point two percent. Yours or mine? Mine. Yeah. I think yours is right up there with it, though. Uh, mine's a 2.0. No. White Claw. <laughs> white Claw on a snifter glass. <laughs> with a shot of vodka chaser. Nope, just White Claw. <laughs> just White Claw. It's White Claw with a chaser of LaCroix. <laughs> what are you drinking? Ah, uh, some WC. Yeah. White Claw with a chaser of LaCroix, mango style. Gross. Hey, you know what I have in my freezer still? Or fridge? A Probably a uh, white claw see. grapefruit. Yeah, grapefruit. Yeah, I'm gonna bring it over someday. I won't drink it. Lauren will though. Maybe she will. Maybe I don't know. I bet she does. I don't know. She seems like a grapefruit white claw type of person. Uh, and if not, Jordan will. <laughs> sure, <laughs> Jordan to drink it. <laughs> I could see Jordan drinking that. <laughs> Jordan loves white claw. <laughs> And Zima. <laughs> Zima. So somebody actually brought that up to me the other day. Zima? Well, they said that White Claw is like the Zima. No. Rebirth. No. Some, I've heard that too. It's not. Have You, you drank Zima back in the day. Well, oh, I did. The same I did. Yeah, Zima was like almost Sprite or 7-Up. It was. Back, I like yeah. to drop Jolly Ranchers in it. Yeah. Just it so was, I could change the flavor. It was sweet. Like It was. LaCroix is, or not LaCroix, uh, White Claw and all those seltzers are not sweet. They're, they're not that sweet. Other than no. that shitty cider one that you gave us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still got five of those left. <laughs> I give those to Lauren. Those are sh- the shittiest thing. Not that she deserves shitty stuff. Yeah, why but, would I do that? Yeah. 
Those I just gotta horrible. have a party where I can just give those out. You need the neighbor across the way. He drinks all your beer, so. Hey, that's a good point. Yeah, I would give him some of those. You know what we need to do? We need to sucker punch his wife with those. Because <laughs> she's the one that's notorious for drinking a beer before he even gets to taste it. Oh, you know what you do is you mix those yep. with a beer. Surprise. So you drop some of those. In, you know, this is my new hazy IPA. <laughs> it's got a juice bomb. Why wow, that is so brutal. <laughs> But this awesome. is a, this is juicy. Ju- I like that. Here, you idea. make a really good juicy IPA. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. All right. Well, let's uh, bail out of this place, drink some beers, enjoy the clientele here, and uh, we'll be at you next week. Hey, be- hey, what's in store for next week? We already talked about it. Beer wise. Beer. Oh, into the abyss. No. It is. No, it isn't. No, it is. No. I've got, I put new labels. Oh, I have labels for you, by the way. For what? For your Into the Abyss I gave you. For this year. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, my labels are sexy. (laughs) I was going to leave that unlabeled and call it Black Debt. (laughs) A big X on it. Yeah. (laughs) You see that bottle in there? Don't fuck with that thing because it'll kill you. So I labeled the half and halves and I labeled the uh, regular. Nice. Um. The, I used industrial strength la- labels. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think you're getting them off. Like, literally, I think the bottles have to be thrown away. <laughs> and then I got to thinking. That's probably not a bad thing with Abyss. I got to thinking, if you put a barcode on it, because you can't take homebrew bottles and turn them in the bottle shop. No, but if you them. put a barcode on it that was recognized by OLCC, you might be able to get your deposit back. Right. You might. It's freaking brilliant. You just got to find out what the bottle code That might be a federal offense or something. Oh, I shouldn't be talking about that online. No, but yeah, you could put a barcode and then do the little Oregon five-cent tax thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you could pull that off. That'd be brilliant. I mean, because you're paying for the bottles. I would never do anything like this, but I think Tim should try. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, you're a guinea pig on this. (laughs) I want you to try it, Tim. All right. We'll give you the barcode. What's going on next week with beer? Well, I was thinking we were going to do the Jubal Ale side-by-sides. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Of almost a decade difference. Well, you know they have Jubal Ale here. They do. So the question is, do we get a on-tap Jubal Ale here as far as a growler or growlerette? And then... <laughs> growlerette. It's kind of like Smurfette. <laughs> Smaller and bluer? Yes. And it's not my balls, baby. Oh, boy. <laughs> no. <laughs> then we were supposed to tone this down for your new job. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think we, we did that, and then we did yours, and then we did that. Then we have three beers. Well, if we got a full growler, then we got a full growler beer plus your two beers. We could do a full growler beer on the episode. I say we do a crowler. I say we do a growler. <laughs> no. <laughs> We we talked about this. We were gonna we were gonna tone it down to just like two beers an episode. Oh yeah, that's right. So two growlers. <laughs> growlers. One for you, one for me. <laughs> All right. We'll talk more about it next week. All right. Tim beers.